Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com. And I'm so grateful you're choosing to spend a few minutes of your day with me today. Our episode today is number 78, and it's called, Where is My Hope? I've been reading through the New Testament this summer and utilizing, it's called the Bible Recap Podcast, and uh, using their reading schedule. And I came across this particular podcast from another podcast. I'm a podcast junkie here. It was from Alyssa Childers, and she did one with uh, the woman who does the Bible Recap podcast. I guess I want to call her the founder. I don't know if that's the correct term, but she's the founder of it. Her name is Tara Lee Cobble. So she's the founder and podcast host of the Bible Recap. And I've really just enjoyed the format and just it gives you a little bit more insight into each day's Bible text that you're reading. But my reason for sharing today was really just heavy on my heart as I've been, I I journaled through my Bible reading. So as I was just kind of journaling the day's reading and going over it, it really came about because today's reading was in Luke chapter two, and it was regarding Mary and Joseph's encounter with the prophet Simeon. And I want to share what Tara Lee shared in the podcast episode that went with this particular section of scripture. But first, I want to share with you from God's word. I want to share with you, and I'm going to read from Luke chapter two, verses 25 to 35. I couldn't break it up shorter. I'm just sticking with it here. So it says, um, again, I'm starting in Luke chapter two, starting in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed." And this was Tara Lee's commentary on that. She said at this point in the podcast episode, and I'll link to all that too, friends. She said, at some point during the 400 years of silence, God the Spirit spoke to Simeon and made him a promise. It's recorded in scripture. Those 400 years were dark times for God's people. But here we have evidence that God had not forsaken his people. His spirit was still at work. His word was still alive. God was still drawing near to his people, directing them, producing obedience and hope in them, despite the darkest of circumstances and the oppression of the enemy. Nothing can keep God from drawing near to his people. He does it through his word 
and through his spirit. And those were the things Simeon relied on and clung to when all seemed lost. Simeon longed for him and awaited him because even in the dark times, Simeon knew he's where the joy is. So my dear friend, we are finding ourselves in a season of dark times as we have many other times in the history of the world. From the fall of Adam to the current events today, there is nothing new under the sun. Sin has come into the world, and the only way to overcome sin in our hearts and lives is through the God-man, Jesus Christ. We must be made new. There's always going to be brokenness in this life here on earth, but we are not left here without hope. As Christians, we know we're going to face difficulties in this life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-7 through 7 tells us, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Friends, we're going to deal with failure and discouragement, and we're going to become more and more aware of our own weakness and our indwelling sin that is still within us as we walk on this earth. We live in a world that's filled with hate and anger and sexual immorality, and the list can go on. I'm just stopping there. When issues come up, we can find Christians biting and devouring one another. And the scripture tells us this shouldn't be. And I'm referencing, I'm thinking here of Galatians 5.15. We all have family issues, struggling marriages, prodigal children, health difficulties, broken relationships, death in our families, sinful struggles, disappointments. And again, my list can go on and on. Where do we turn to in these times? Where do our hearts focus? Are they on the Lord? And what he has done for us? Or at times, do we find ourselves trying to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps? Or maybe we try to fix or control or just even sometimes ignore the issues in our lives. We need to be reminded our victory is won if we're in Christ. We have a Savior to turn to always in these hard times. This episode today is more of a reminder and an encouragement to my own soul, as I can get caught up with my eyes on the cares and the difficulties of this world and forget that we serve a risen Savior who is alive, who is seated at the right hand of God and continually, continually interceding for us. I think about that a lot. Jesus is praying for us. Because of Jesus, we can say, it is well with my soul. Christ's victory is already accomplished, friends. I want to remind us of the hope we have if we're in Christ because of Jesus' resurrection. Hope reminds us to look ahead. We are living in the already but not yet. There's hope to come. Hope fixes our eyes on the unseen and helps us to sustain as we walk day by day in this fallen world. The future hope reminds me that in those struggles and difficulties and even in the midst of our sin, 
we're not alone. Jesus will never abandon us. It tells us that in Hebrews 13, 5. And he's going to use every one of these moments, everyone he's going to write, he's going to work them for good in our lives to bring him glory. He's going to mold us more into the image of Christ in and through these circumstances of our lives. And I'm thinking here, Romans 8, 28 through 29 there. Because of Jesus, we have a way to reach God. We don't have to deal with rituals or rituals or sacrifices or making atonement for our sins through Christ because of Jesus's death and resurrection on our behalf we're now free to be with God and in his presence always as it tells us in Hebrews 9:15 even in our most troublesome times as believers we can claim the peace of Christ please be reminded here i'm not saying that peace is the absence of troubles or conflicts because we know we're going to have them, but I now have peace with God through Jesus, so all is well in my life. I have peace with God. The trust I have in Jesus sustains me and gives me peace in Him. He is where I find my true rest and peace. My problem comes about, and I'm going to guess it's probably yours too, um, are when my eyes are on my troubles, and I forget what Christ has done for me and in me. As a believer, I do have a dual existence here, in Christ and in the world. In my union with Christ is where I find peace, and in the world, there's tribulation. But Jesus' words are a reminder to me from John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The world is hostile to Jesus, but this verse reminds me that Jesus has won the victory and overcome the world. We're going to fail him in this world, but our Savior still chose us to be his own children, and he offers us peace in this world. So where is, where is my hope? Where is your hope, friend? Because our world can be a dark place at times, and I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what the rest of this day brings. But my heart can be prepared for whatever it is because of Christ. As I meditate on him and his goodness, he's going to help remind me of the hope I have in him. My hope is in a God who controls all things. Colossians 1.17 tells me, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. My hope is in a God who never changes. Hebrews 13.8 tells me, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. My hope is in a God who's all-powerful and wise and holds all things in his hand. Psalm 147.5 tells us, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And Hebrews 1.3 tells me there, He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Friends, my hope is in a God who control, who holds true to all his promises. He will do all he has planned and promised. Joshua 23, 14 tells us, And now I am about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. My hope is not found in my own understanding, but it's on God's goodness and his rule over all things. And that includes my life, and that includes your life. 
Psalm 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. My hope is in a risen Savior. Our God is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. R.C. Sproul said that he said, hope is called the anchor of my soul. I think Hebrews 619 there with that, with that vert, with that verbiage. So I'm going to start that again. Hope is the anchor, hope is called the anchor of the soul because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a quote wish, like I wish that such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches onto the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. That's the end quote there. Our hope in Jesus is guaranteed. And when we grasp this, it changes the way we live. We don't have to live in hopelessness anymore as believers because hope, capital H, has come. And it has come into my life by grace. And hope's name is Jesus. Do we contend to want to look to earthly ways to solve our problems or to fix our hope on. But our hope is not in man, but it's in the Lord alone. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Our confidence and our hope must be in God alone. Even in that verse above in Psalm 27, the Lord may use chariots and horses to help win the battle, but final success is still the Lord and him alone. Before I close here today, I want to remind us of the gospel and I'm going to go through it's a little bit lengthy but bear with me here okay because this is the good news that we need to continue to hold to and to tell other friends. All other fixes in this life are just going to be temporary and fading. The only true and lasting change comes about by hearts changed by the gospel. Don't lose your focus here friend. This is worth our time to listen to because our eternity depends on it. So does the eternity of others to either pray for God to open our hearts to hear it. If this is maybe the first time you're hearing the gospel, or maybe it's the first time that your heart is open to it. And I pray right now that that would be, Lord, if there are unbelievers listening right now, I pray that you would open their hearts and minds to hear the gospel and they would come to know you in a saving way. Or my friends, that are in Christ for the Lord to remind our hearts how he has saved our souls and chosen us to spend all eternity with him. Because in Romans 3, 10, 11, it tells us, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. God is holy and perfect and just, and we're not. The Bible tells us that there's no one good, no, not one. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat here. We have all offended a perfect and holy God. We've all broken His law. We've all broken every one of the Ten Commandments. We're going to look at just a couple of them. We've all lied. That's Exodus 20.16. We've all stolen, taking something that wasn't ours. Exodus 27. We have all looked with lust. Exodus 20.14, which Jesus actually calls adultery in Matthew 5.38. We've taken the Lord's name in vain. That's Exodus 27. We've dishonored our parents. 
We have not fully obeyed and honored our parents. None of us. That's Exodus 20, 12. And that's only looking at five of the Ten Commandments. And the Bible says because of our sin, we're separated from God. Isaiah, that's from Isaiah 59, 2. We're dead in our sins. Romans 6, 23. We cannot please God. Romans 3, 10 through 11. And we're going to suffer damnation in hell. That's from 2 Thessalonians 1, 9. And just as it's appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. There's no second chances after death. That's from Hebrews 9, 27. Romans 6, 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we die... We're going to stand before this perfect, holy God and be judged for our sins. And we are all, every one of us, guilty of sin before a holy God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 tells us, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The good news is that Jesus came to this earth to live a life of perfect obedience to God. Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't. And not only did he live a perfect life, but Jesus offered his life as a sacrifice in our place to satisfy the justice and righteousness demanded by a holy and perfect God. But God didn't leave him there. Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification. You you see your sin, you see your sin and my sin, we were destined to hell in our sin, but because of Christ and his righteousness, we can stand before a holy God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, favorite verses here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast So the question we need to ask ourselves here is, what must I do to be saved? Because the Bible is clear that we're not saved by our works, but by our faith in who Jesus Christ is and in him alone. We need to acknowledge that we're sinners against a holy God, and we need to repent or turn from our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. Romans 10, 9-13 tells us, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus, he's the living God. He's the Savior, the Holy One, the Sovereign Lord and Judge. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus alone can redeem you and free you from the power and penalty of sin. He alone can transform you, friend. Will you repent and believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? And please, if there, you have any questions, concerns, you're not clear on something, please message me at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com if you have any questions about your eternal salvation. 
My believing friends, those of us in Christ, we need to have hearts that are continually being cultivated with a heavenly perspective on all the issues we see going on in the world and within our own homes and within our own families and within our own hearts. We stated it earlier, in this world, we will have tribulation. If we're in Christ, our eyes have been opened to where true hope is found. Make sure, friends, as you're interacting with broken and hurting lives, you're pointing them to the only hope in a lost and dying world. Point them to Jesus. Listen, love them. Point them to Jesus. The world needs to hear the same truth we as believers need to hear and be reminded of daily because we forget it daily and we forget it moment by moment and we forget it when things are hard that we need to hear the good news of the gospel. I'm sharing this episode in a time of seemingly chaos in the world and I do need to remind myself and I want to remind you all that our God is in control of all things and all times and all seasons and all events. Nothing is by chance. So take the time to be in the word daily and throughout the day. Read your Bibles, memorize it, study it, meditate on it, pray through the scriptures. Fill your hearts and minds with the truth of the word. We need to be people of the book of the Bible. It is the source of all truth. Scripture is truly sufficient for all of life, and it is where true hope is found. So let me encourage your heart as I keep encouraging my own to take those moments, turn off the news, take a break from social media, enjoy your family. Our best way to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love his word, to love our families, to love our church family, to love our neighbors, and to continue to open our mouths. We have to open our mouths to a lost and dying world and share the good news of the gospel with them. The wonderful term that you hear, um, share the gospel, use words if necessary, is not biblical. We need to open our mouths. It's by the hearing of the gospel that people are saved. So if you've repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, you already know that he's the only one that can bring about true heart change in the world. We know that because I know that's where the heart, where my heart was changed, my world turned upside down in a good way. And I'm so grateful for Christ opening my eyes to the truth. And I'm so grateful for faithful people who continue to share that truth with me, whether or not I was ready to hear it or wanted to hear it, because God used it in his perfect timing to open my eyes to his truth. So praise God for each and every one of you who were faithful witnesses. The world needs to hear that message above all the other ones that are out there. Our hearts need to be reminded of this truth above every other message, friend, because I'm going to leave it with what I always leave it with. Jesus truly is enough always. Charles Spurgeon said, do not look to your hope, but to Christ, the source of your hope. My friends, thank you for your time today. The show notes will be over at thankfulhomemaker.com and they'll have all the scripture references in them too. And I'm going to link to some other resources you may find helpful. So take a peek at it. This is episode 78, Where Is My Hope? You can find it at thankfulhomemaker.com, but it will be linked in the show notes wherever you're listening into this podcast at. And I have a resource to share with you with this episode because it's one that I love, that I listen to repeatedly here and there when I need to. And it's my husband's sermon on, it's called The Gospel Condensed. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. 
just a good season to keep pointing our hearts back to where they need to stay grounded, which honestly, that's every season, right? Amen to that. I'm so grateful for you, friend, and I pray you have a very blessed week. Mm -hmm.